Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and as ever alongside me Harlequins and England Centre World Cup winner Rachel Burford. Really exciting show for you today. We've got Anna Aziz from Malaysia. Now you know, may well know Anna from the uh, from World Rugby's Try and Stop Us campaign. Uh, she speaks to us all the way from Malaysia and I promise you it is a real, real treat. If you need a little bit of uh, motivation during this lockdown period, during Mental Health Awareness Week, then honestly, listen to Anna. She will brighten up uh, the darkest of days. I I can assure you of that. She's uh, put a real smile on our faces this morning. We've also got Nikki Ponsford coming on, the head of uh, the Elite Women's Rugby at the RFU, just to give us a little bit of clarity on those new teams in the Premier 15s going forward and that funding that has been protected by the RFU as well. Hello, Berth. Early start today on the uh, on the WRP for a real, real treat for our listeners. Good morning to you. Are you well? I am. I'm good. I've been up, out with the dogs, and um, yeah, I'm excited about talking to our guests, to be honest. Is that D-O-G-S or D-A-W-G-S? Oh, don't talk to me about D-A. WGS. Understood. We'll move on. Uh, what? My little girls, Rolo and Mocha. Your your two year old spaniels. Yes. Uh, how's how's lockdown been since? Because uh, obviously you're incredibly busy uh, with the lockdown squad and what have you. What uh, what are you filling your time time with now? Um, I've been doing some just house chores, some gardening. I fixed a couple of fences, fixed a gate. Um, really? Just keeping busy, like yeah. Been upcycling, so part of the fence fell down, so I put some new stuff up, and then used the bits that fell down to fix the gate. Um, yeah, just bits and pieces around the house. Some yeah, Burford Academy work. I've been doing um, a lot of online Zoom calls with teams, which has been really, really good fun. Been doing a bit of fitness and skills with them, so that keeps me busy most evenings during the week. It's amazing, isn't it, how uh, how adaptable we, we've we've kind of all come become, whether it's uh, doing quizzes or, as you say, meetings or online training or job interviews or whatever it is. Uh, we've very very quickly just slipped into uh, this almost virtual world, haven't we? Yeah, uh, but I think it just it just highlights, doesn't it? It's that need to want to connect with people face to face, even if it is through a computer. Um, I think it's brilliant that people are going to do efforts to do it, you know, like doing quizzes and doing it together as families or joining, you know, some of the quizzes that are online um, and families do it in their own households. I just think, you know, everybody's improvising really, really well. Um, and it'd be interesting, like, you know, does some of this stay around when we are out of COVID? Because I think it gives me a great opportunity, you know, to coach teams that I can't get to. And have a little bit of an interaction, uh, interactive time with you know rugby teams or girls or boys that I wouldn't have that opportunity because they're way up north and I'm down south. So it'd be interesting to see what some, what some of these little bits do stick around and do we get rid of the phone calls and do they all become Zoom calls moving forward? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm absolutely with you. We do a, a quiz with uh, with a bunch of mates religiously on a on a Sunday night and uh, yeah, a couple of saying actually you know why do we carry this on because apart from yeah, the odd christening, or I mean, we've kind of passed that phase now in, in my life. But um, be, uh, the odd camping trip or, or Christmas walk or whatever, we see each other kind of twice a year. Whereas actually, every week, 
to uh, to see each other is uh, is tremendous. No, I'm I'm, I'm absolutely with you. The accessibility of it is uh, is quite tremendous. Uh, any other thing I want to talk to you about before we get into our sort of our sort of yeah truly inspirational uh, uh, chat with a with a young lady. Um, the the shoots of sport returning are beginning to to be there. Bundesliga back, um, Premier football players being allowed back into training. We're just beginning to move that way, aren't we? Aren't we, Berth? Have you heard any rumblings at all? Not from rugby's point of view, no, not here. Um, I think, you know, that some of the men may be going back. Um, but I think because our season is over, we're not looking to come back and play anything in the Tyrrells. Um, I can't see us going back at all until summer, until we're into pre-season. Um, which historically normally starts in July, so it's not that far away. Um, but no, look, I think you know people in world rugby are working on plans to make sure whatever return looks like, it's safe to return. Putting some different measures to make sure that you know we're protecting players and staff um, as much as possible. But you know, I think some of the, the the men's teams are returning in small groups training, but I think the women are still very much remote. Um, they've all got their programs going, so yeah, we're still a bit in the dark. I think at the moment it's gonna gonna take a while, isn't it? Being um, the ultimate contact sport in the world, I guess, yeah. uh, alongside uh, certainly team sport. Anyway, Berth, let's um, let's get to our our first guest today. I'm Shona Paul Hughes, and you are listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. It is a uh, very good morning to uh, Nofara Anna Aziz. Have I said your name correctly, Anna? Hello, everyone. I'm Anna. Good, to, good to have you on the uh, on the women's rugby pod. Um, Anna, tell us exactly where you are. I'm in Malaysia. I'm in Prolis, Malaysia. Okay, and how how was? Um, the coronavirus and, and lockdown been affecting you? Uh, coronavirus, uh, this COVID-19 have made me stop uh, playing rugby for a while because, <laughs> yeah, sport is being paused and stopped until this COVID-19, um, uh, wait, after this COVID-19 end, yeah. Anna, you're obviously in Malaysia then, not a country that is known for for playing much rugby. What did did you play any sports before you played rugby? Because uh, yeah, yeah. Before I play rugby, I play silat. A uh, silat is a martial art that comes from Southeast Asia. Silat is like fighting games. Yeah. Oh my god! I wouldn't want to play against you on a rugby pitch then. <laughs> yeah, actually, Silat Silat helped me a lot because yeah, yeah I can imagine. Uh, Silat, yeah, Silat is contact spot also. So, so how did you get into rugby then? What was available in Malaysia for you? Uh, in 2015, I further my studies in Polytechnic, which is a university also. Uh, so there, uh, in the Polytechnic, there is a rugby coach. Uh, 
men rugby coach. So in the polytechnic, there is no women's rugby team. So uh, I play silat and the coach helped me to train silat to get my fitness in silat. Then I joined a tournament and I lost in quarterfinal and I get very frustrated. Then, uh, then my coach asked me, do I, uh, do I want to join rugby or women's rugby team but uh, the team is in the capital of Malaysia that is in Kuala Lumpur that is far away from my polytechnic and my home so my coach asked me uh, do I want to join rugby do I want to try a new game I feel like I want to try a new game and I follow my coach to the Kuala Lumpur and join this one woman rugby team which is Cobra Venom. So there, uh, before that, the, my rugby coach in Polytechnic buy me all the rugby kit uh, like uh, boots, body tie and long tie, headgear, something like that. And because I don't know anything about rugby before. Yeah, when I go to Kuala Lumpur, uh, I joined the training uh, with the Cobra Venom team and I found out that rugby is, you know, interesting. But uh, uh, first I find it hard because I need to... Uh, catch the ball, I need to have a good handling and catching because easy like I don't have to hurt anything, I just have to fight with people <laughs> and yeah. yeah, you know, you know, uh, in my first year, I always being, being, you know, be scolded by my teammate because I'm always knock on. <laughs> yeah, because my my catching is so bad at that time, but I managed to learn it from my teammate and my coach. And after three weeks, I uh, training rugby. I joined a tournament, a rugby a women rugby tournament, and I think that is my luckiest moment in my life because in the tournament. Uh, there, there was a selection for national team, and I got selected for the national team for a game in Singapore. You know, I've been training only for three weeks, and I got wow. selected for national team. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a big moment, isn't it? You can hear it in your voice how happy and excited you are about that, it's like playing for the yeah. country. Yeah, because I never dream of playing for my country. Yeah, so I, all that I, catching practice is definitely worthwhile. Hammering it down. Yeah, yeah. And, and from that, I have played for Malaysia till 2019, and for 2020, it's all been stopped. And yeah, I don't know what's next. Yeah. So when you said you went to a, a, a women's rugby tournament, uh, Anna. Um, Sorry? You said you went to a, a, a women's rugby tournament where you got selected. Um, yeah. H- how many women were playing? How, how big is, is rugby for women in Malaysia? Okay, what I can say is in 2016, uh, at first I playing rugby 
there is um, just a few of women's rugby team in uh, Malaysia and there is only maybe one, two or three tournament in a year for women's rugby team. But in 2019, the latest one, you know, there is so many women in Malaysia that join rugby and there is so many rugby teams in Malaysia, women's rugby team in Malaysia. You know, Malaysia have 14 states and I can, what I can say is now in every state there is women's rugby team, yeah. And, and, and now there is a lot of tournaments that have uh have uh, that that uh now uh there is so many tournaments that have been held for women's rugby yes i think that is big and you know uh my experience to join national team in 2016 uh, i found it it's uh not so easy but yeah it's kind of easy but now but not to to be to secure a place in national team i and others girl have to compete with so so many young talented girl in malaysia because they there is so many games and there is so many exposure and the girls is very talented and i found out it's very you know uh, uh, you have to compete, you have to improve yourself better if you want to secure a place in national team. Yeah, I think it's big yeah. because, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, you, you can tell that, you can see that, you know, when you started, there wasn't many games, not many teams, not many tournaments. <clears throat> and now you're saying there's lots of tournaments, lots of opportunities. Yeah. And now you've got talent, young talent coming through in Malaysia that's keeping yeah. you on your heels and other players. I think that's brilliant to hear that in just a short space of time as well, that yeah. it's definitely risen. When you play for Malaysia, for your country, yeah. what, what other countries are you playing against? Uh, last year, I have been playing at the Asian series where I have been playing against China, Japan, Hong Kong, Singapore, Thailand. You know, um, that is my first time playing against Japan, China, which is a big and experienced team in Asia. Yeah. Wow, and I just, I, and I just wanted to. to just finally say, I mean, what what a what a, what a fascinating story, and, and great to hear about women's rugby uh, in Malaysia, and and it's it's very rapid growth. Um, what 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 do you like about rugby, um, and what has rugby taught you as a person? Okay, what I like about rugby is, you know, when you play rugby, you have to have a great bonding with your teammate. So from there, I feel like I have a family, a rugby family that always support me inside the field and also outside of the field. You know, when I have problem, they will, uh, they will always there for me and support me in, yeah, in everything I do, and I love. And I love the community of rugby also. You know, even with the opponent 
in your in the game you still can be friend with them outside of the game yeah i love that very much because because of rugby i have so many friends from uh from different religion from different culture and from uh you know different state and that that I never dream of having so many friends like this, yeah. And rugby, and when I play rugby, I feel that rugby taught me to never easily give up and to be strong. You know, in rugby, uh, when I want to make a try or uh, other people want to make a try, we have uh, to get to be to be tackled to to hit people to get down and ups to make a try uh, to make a try so we have to struggle a lot to get the try so i feel it's same in my life i have to face so many obstacles so many challenge to ha- to get the success so every time i get I feel down. Uh, I feel demotivated. I always thinking about that. I always think that to get success, you have to face all this, no matter what happen. Yeah, I feel rugby taught me to be a very strong woman and uh, to have courage to face all the challenge in life. Wow! Wow! What a what an inspirational story, and I could. I could genuinely talk to you. Well, it, it's early in the morning here, but I, I could talk to you all day long and listen to you. Um, <laughs> you said when we were communicating about you coming on that your your English was not good. It is very, very good. I can assure you, it is it is good as your rugby playing. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. Oh, look, um, I, we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up there. But um, just a huge thank you for for coming on and telling us a little bit about rugby in Malaysia and perhaps. Um, in six months or 12 months down the line we might call you again and, and see how things have grown again yeah great, great. it's my pleasure actually to talk with you guys yeah it's my pleasure thank you for inviting me thank yeah. you Anna it's been really lovely talking to you absolute thank pleasure you. you you take care and stay safe yeah you, you guys do take care well Berth what a I mean, I'm barely awake here, but I am, I am absolutely like a coiled spring now. Absolutely pumped! What an inspirational young lady she is, um, and tells you everything. All those amazing things that we know about rugby uh, and have loved for many, many years, spreading into the likes of Malaysia. Truly inspirational young lady to start the day with. Yeah, no, she really has brightened up my day. Um, just the the joy in her voice. You can yeah. hear it, you can see, yeah. we can't see her, but you know that she is beaming and that rugby is so, so important to her. Like, all the things we always talk about, you know, it being a family, it's really good, like, you know, brings different friends, different cultures, different, different religions, religions, yeah. And she said, like, in, she never would have expected of it to have something like that. So the fact that rugby's given her that opportunity, but I loved her talk at the end about, you know, what's rugby taught her? And it's taught her to never give up and be strong and how she related it then back to her life struggles 
and how whenever she's struggling there, she uses rugby and the motivation within rugby to then put into her life. And, and that is so powerful. And that's the biggest thing about this sport is, yeah, people want to win games, people want to win trophies, stuff like that. But actually, it gives you so many great tools for life. And um, that was just really wonderful to hear and really inspiring. I'm Rocky Clark, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. So there is a, a little bit of news uh, floating around for us, Berth, to uh, just have a, a wee chat on. Um, over the other side of the English Channel, uh, French Rugby announced uh, their slightly new structure. 16 teams, four pools of four. Um, see if that makes any difference to... Yeah, what is a, a fairly top-heavy uh, league, as it were? Same teams tend to be getting through whatever, but they're just trying to expand the uh, the pool, widen the net of, of players in France. So uh, that was a uh, that was announced, uh, and then we've got some uh, Premier 15s news as well. Sale Sharks keeping us busy. Berth, more signings from them. Yeah, it's good to see how proactive they're being at the moment um, and getting some new signings in. So. Uh, Vicky Irwin from Ulster Women and Laura Perrin, um, young under twenties, up and coming talent. Um, but yeah, they are, they are being busy. Come across it. Something to, to report each week for sure. Yeah, thank you very much, Al Sharks Women. <laughs> It'd be good to see how how the squad gels together quite quickly. You know, depending on this is the other thing. You've got two new teams. Where are they going? When are they going to gel together um, as teams over this? You know period of COVID, you know, normally you're getting good, strong pre-season, probably players have gone in early, meet the, get used to the grounds, get used to people, learn how things are going to work, but it's going to be, you know, a pretty sh- quick turnaround once we get back into to club training, um, to, in order to bring the bonds together and to learn the way, you know, the two new clubs want to operate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, Signings announced by, by Worcester, Canadian international wing, Paige Ferries. You remember she scored that, that try, didn't she, last last summer, didn't she, against England in the uh, in the Super Series. And Katie Matheson as well, the uh, the England uh, scrum half. She was at Bristol, uh, the DMP, and then lately she's, she's been playing over in Canada at West Shore RFC. Uh, worked alongside Joe Yapp at Exeter University, so uh, she would know Yappy from, from there. Um, and then more good news on Friday, last Friday, Seanad Harris and Alex Callender, both international Wales stars, have signed on for more at Six Ways as well. So, again, some, some really positive stuff coming out of Worcester at the moment. Yeah, we, we talked about it at the start of the season, that Joe Yap's influence at the start, you could see it straight away, and you only... Like you knew that it was just going to increase over the year um, and over the season, and now she's got kind of a real opportunity to build her team, get the players that she wants in. You know, I think Paige Ferris is a great signing for them. Really, really good player, and Casey Madison. You know, they've worked together so much. They know how. Um, you know, Casey will have huge respect for Joe as a player, as a nine. So we'll have you know so much that she wants to learn from her. And um, so now I think again, good signings. Two strong international Welsh players, Sean Ed Harris, love playing um, with her. She's good fun, works really hard. Um, but no, 
as we expected, um, Yaffe's starting to, to build something strong at the club. Yes, good news for all Worcester women's rugby fans. Joe Yap, her influence and, and bringing players in and together, that ability, she, she's done it wherever she's gone, hasn't she? That, uh, that ability, that man management that uh, she quite clearly has. Speaking of Premier 15s, let's get our second guest of the week on the show. None other than Nikki Ponsard, Head of Women's Rugby at the RFU. Nikki Bonsford, thank you very much for, for coming back on the uh, on the WRP second uh, second visit. Um, we just just asked you uh, off air there um, about lockdown, but but I guess a lot of people um, possibly at home a little bit more time on their on their hands. But I suspect that your your role has just gone through the roof because it's just so uncertain, and you're trying to plan for every eventuality. I, I'm guessing. Planning going on. Yeah. I think we're on, you know, version probably 17, 18, 19 of what the season might look like and, and how it might work. But um, yeah, no, there's a lot of there's a lot of work there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes um, across the whole union, across the whole game to, to work out what what the next steps might be and, and how we might work. Um, but I think it's you know it, it's all it's all pretty positive. Everybody's of really looking forward and looking you know it's an opportunity to to not just look forward but it's also an opportunity to reflect so we've done some of that as well and look at how we can do things better going forward um yeah we we did a bit of a a six nations review even though we didn't finish six nations but really looking at what our performance was how we could make that better as well as the sort of wider sort of season planning piece yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a very, very strange time, isn't it? But actually, we don't get many chances just to hit the pause button, do we? And actually, as you say, take take a little bit of stock. And I, and I guess in your position, that's actually the wheels are constantly turning, and it's just that the pace at which the wheels are turning actually is probably quite quite a nice nice chance to have, to have a little look back at, at the Six Nations, what have you? Anything that you you found out that um, you can you can share with us? Um, that that yeah, those sort of work on list. I think one of the big things that we've we kind of identified is is how we, um, not so much from a sort of from a playing perspective, but when we when we look as a as a management team, how we can make ourselves how we can make ourselves more efficient, and how we can make sure that everything we do uh, is linked together better and is all focused on performance because it's very easy I think in a lot of uh, in a lot of places to to be doing the job as well as you possibly can but not necessarily working with everybody else as closely as you can um, so you might be able to you know go down route one to be able to deliver your objective but actually if you, if you did route two it would it would mean that the medics would link better with the SNC or the SNC would link better with the coaches to make sure that all of the session is planned to the absolute best, I suppose, is, is, is the way of putting it. Um, so that it, I think that's the biggest reflection that we've got where we can actually just be more efficient and more effective in, in what we do because we don't have lots and lots of time together. Um, we, have, we have a good amount of time together and... and 
you know, more than lots of other people, but how can we make that time as productive as possible for everybody and get us to the end that we want to get to, which is in improving performance all the time? I think that's a really good message about, you know, we, we want to look forward absolutely all the time and you don't want to be looking back too much. But I, I, I bet not many clubs are looking back over the last season. Um, at maybe individuals aren't looking back and reflecting on themselves personally. It's actually, this is a, a, such a good time to take stock and go, right, well, what are the differences we're going to do next season, whenever that might be? I think that's a really good message to kind of put out there. Like, just because rugby's ended don't forget to, to go back and reflect on the good and the bad and the, what you can improve on. Yeah, no, and I think, I mean, I think reflection is always, a, is, always a good, is always a good thing in sport. It is definitely the one thing we don't normally get time to do. I think it's been, it's been brilliant for that, to be able to, to really look at, uh, at how we do things. So I think it's probably the first time in my working career that I've ever had the opportunity to really reflect <laughs> yeah. and, and actually be able to, to look at how we do things, how we do things more effectively. So yeah, no, it's brilliant. And and, and obviously within this period, um, that retender process uh, came through. And obviously we we, we know uh, the results of that Exeter and Sale Sharks coming in. DMP Durham now um, changed uh, the, the 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 team names there. How difficult was that process with lockdown? Are you a, a Zoom wizard now? Well, fortunately, I wasn't in the. I was on the front line, so I wasn't part of the actual interview panel. Right. Okay. Um, so I, I was, I was quite fortunate in in, in that respect. But um, no, I mean, I think the, the I say the clubs who all took part in the in the process were absolutely brilliant, and we thank them very much for the hard work that they put in. One to go through the process, but also to to work with us in order to be able to, to get the process um, through and get the get sort of out the other side. You know, it's not difficult it's not easy for anybody in these in these current circumstances and, and lots of people were, were all prepared to, to come in and, and see the panel and, and present and, and then plans got changed pretty rapidly. So um, you know everybody everybody adapted brilliantly. Um, and yes I think the panel are super Zoom wizards now, um, <laughs> as probably the, the clubs are. But um, it was great. Uh, it was a great process for everybody to, to go through. Um, I just got to see the results at the other end and was doing work with the, the clubs that are still in. But um, it was, uh, yeah, no, it was a brilliant process for, for everybody to go through, I think. So as we mentioned, Sale and Exeter um, have, have come in. What what do you think, Nikki, that that they will bring? Presumably, you've had some some nice early chats with them. What 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 are going to be the real plus points of, of those two sides coming into this uh, this this new uh, new three year plan? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a couple of couple of things to to remember. I mean, the quality of the applications across the board was really high, and so you know, Sale and Exeter coming in um, and as coming out of that process the other end just you know is testament to the quality of their of their application and, and their process and I think what they they're able to bring is their sort of performance understanding and experience they've both got histories of delivering um, performance on the field 
albeit in the men's game, but understanding what what performance is about and and how you create uh, quality on the field, I think, is is really important. Um, They've obviously got wider wider club support and and lots of experience in in delivering... uh, delivering rugby to a wider audience and one of the big things that we're, we're looking for is that um, development of the fan base uh, as we go through the next three years so that we're getting consistent crowds to all the games and you know I think they've got they've got lots of expert both clubs have got lots of experience doing that um, so uh, you know we're really excited that that they're in um, and I think you know both testament to, to both Worcester and to um, DMP Durham, they, they you know they really stepped up as well and put their put quality applications in and and actually demonstrated that understanding and that performance uh, knowledge as well. You know they were able to to really say okay, well this is what we're going to do better. Um, so I think you know we're excited for all of those clubs. Yeah, absolutely. In and working with, you know, and working obviously with the six that that we've already got. So, you know, it, it, I think it, it's going to be definitely. Uh, I was going to say, I think it's going to be definitely a step up um, because I think everybody's gone. Hmm, well, you know, we 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 still want to be top of the tree, so we're going to have to work even harder to to make the next step and, and get even better. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's really exciting going going forward. Can I just? Just to add, though, you know, I think Richmond and Waterloo did a great job in in the first three years, and you know, whilst they weren't successful in in the process, you know, their their contribution to the league in that in that sort of first iteration and to the to the wider game was just brilliant, and you know, we we hope that they have continued success and remain sort of pillars of the, of the game going forward um so yeah yeah no absolutely nikki um yeah it's a t- tough old process but um yeah we in this instance we are yeah, l- looking forward and um it, it seems it seems to be just a natural thing to, to do i mean finances before before the the coronavirus hit hit is is a really important thing isn't it and the fact that these teams can tap into a ready-made SNC, you know, set up training bases, all the rest of it. If they're they're aligning with a with a men's team, um, not that that's obviously why you've chosen them. The, the other thing I was just going to mention, it's a really nice widespread ge- geographically now, isn't it? With a with a club that must give you a, a really nice sort of view of the future as well in, in terms of the geography and, and the fan base. Yeah, I mean the to be fair, the the you know the first. Uh, I suppose the first assessment in terms of the, of the tender process is always the ability to deliver, but the, the second piece is always to try and maintain a geographic spread where possible, and we've been able to to do that uh, through the process, which is is fantastic. I think you know that geographic spread is is really important. You know, Exeter have shown you know how they can what an appetite there is for for the women's game down there with you know. Two internationals played there, and two crowds of over ten thousand. So, you know, I mean, I think we're really looking forward to to being down there and helping to to grow that fan base down there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Nikki, the, the only thing I wanted to, to ask you, because I, I, I mean, I'd like to be in your, you're, you're in your garden, with wonderful bird song going on in your garden. I, I'd like <laughs> yeah, to be there. I've got the window open. I am actually sat inside, but I do have the window open, so. Marvellous. To ask you about Nikki, and I'm not, not sure much uh, you can say, um, but I know it's obviously quite an interesting story that, that came out of the Telegraph last week about the, the, the funds for women's rugby just... Ring fence probably the, the the wrong word, but protected slightly. What, what can you give us any more clarity on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, from our few perspective, we've been you know, we've been pretty clear that the the financial impact of of COVID nineteen is going to be huge on the union um, with significant losses. You know, the, obviously the the reported. Reported figures that are somewhere between 35 million and 105 million. You know, it, the, the the losses are potentially very significant. So, I think the the one thing we're really clear of is that the the, the women's game and TP15s remain priorities for England rugby, but because we don't have clarity of you know on revenues, we can't say exactly what future funding is going to look like um but i think i think we're, we're very clear that the because the women's game is crucial to the to the health of the overall game um we're pretty clear that it's not going to be hit disproportionately um i think that's all we're able to say at the moment yeah. so you know we're going to have to yeah i'm pretty confident there's going to be changes Across the across the whole game, yeah, there yeah, has yeah. to be with yeah. those sorts of figures. But I think because it's, I think it's one of the sort of tenets now of of the of the game and and of England rugby. I think it's it's still going to stay up there. But I suspect that we're all going to be in a situation where we have to we have to make changes. I think that's the best way of best way of putting it. But I think, as I say, it. It's been pretty clear that that it's not going to be hit disproportionately or you know ignored or anything else. So I think that I think that's all we're able to say at the moment. I yeah. think like it's it's a really strong message to to obviously to UK players, but overseas as well. Like we really want to protect the women's game because you talk about you know, it's a critical point of the growth of the game. Um, so keeping that momentum, you know, the last four or five years that the worldwide global game is just accelerated mm. and we, we would hate for it to kind of take two steps back to then try and speed up again so i think you know coming out with a statement like that just to kind of protect and and know that you're gonna it's gonna be looked after is really really important yeah i mean and i think you know i've been asked questions about is is it going to be challenging for the women's game you know going forward and I think it's going to be challenging for the game going forward yeah absolutely but you know there's always opportunities and and I think we'll we'll see things looking slightly different but um, brilliant thing and the brilliant opportunity for the women's game is as we come out of this we've got two major events to look forward to so we've got the Olympics with sevens in you know and the Women's Rugby World Cup you know going into 2021 We've got, you know, in 14, 15 months' time, there's two major showcase events that the women's game can really build towards and 
look forward to, which is really, really exciting, I think. So, you know, it's it's actually, it's actually not too bad a place to be because because we can do that and we can focus in on that. And it's always good to have light at the end of the tunnel, isn't it? It's something to, to, to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah positive message you say. We'll just be sort of getting things back on normal normal level terms, or, or certainly hopefully, and uh, bang two huge events as you say uh, come along. So yeah, no, really good timing, Nikki. Thank you so so much for for your time. Really appreciate you coming on the pod um, and just giving us a, a little bit of a clarity uh, around that. If you get a chance, listen out Sunday morning. Jill Burns does her all time England fifteen. You might be a an interested listener. At half past nine on okay, Sunday morning. Okay. So, uh, yes, the legend Jill selects her all-time England 15. But as I say, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we will leave you to your, what sounds like, wonderful bird song. But thank you for, so much for coming on. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. Just thinking, my first, exp- my first proper experience with Nikki yeah. was we toured to South Africa. I was 16 years old. And we had a player that went down and she had to put her boots on and play. No. Number eight. In my, I think it's my first ever like England development game. I was playing at twelve. And she was playing at number eight. Yeah, well, Nikki, give us some 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 good clarity uh, there, Berth. I know she's not not been able to to come on the pod. There was a sort of a blanket media sort of ban, uh, not ban, but um, just getting their own house in order as much as you know, as much as anybody can at the moment. But uh, yeah, look, we really appreciate uh, Nikki's time and, and England rugby coming on. Um, I think the point about the geography is is, is massive, isn't it? I, I know that the Red Roses and, and you included been going around uh, Castle Park, the wonderful Castle Park in, in Doncaster, Exeter, spreading the game game around. But to having teams based northwest with Sale, southwest right down the southwest down there with Exeter is huge. Yeah, yeah, and we, we've mentioned it. You know, it's exciting for the game. It's exciting people to travel new um, environments we know what Exeter does in terms of its fan base so yeah it's, it's important that we keep spreading the game we keep like, developing pathways in every corner of the country so we don't just get the odd player um, from Newcastle there's more players in and around that area you know that that's kind of what it's been like historically bulk of players being in London so let's keep you know, get into every corner that we can to inspire young girls to play so that we have this amazing talent pool um, as we move through the years. Yeah, absolutely. On that sort of geography point, we we, um, we know certain clubs making a few signings and that kind of stuff. Obviously, we're still a little bit uh, prevalent in that area. Sale as well. I'm not entirely sure what the uh, where we are with, with, with contracts because I understand it's a, it's a central contract coming from the RFU for, for players to, to sign and what have you. But Exeter seem, and that may be why Exeter seem really, really quiet, but they just seem really, really quiet at the moment. Any, any murmurings, any any rumours you've heard of? Why do you think they're being, why is Susie Appleby and Exeter being quiet? I'm not sure. I, I don't know if maybe it is all uncertainties. Maybe there's players out there that don't know what they're going to do yet until they know you know, when the league's starting, what these contracts look like. Um, so people might just be not committing at the moment, so that might be an area. Um, or it could be just, that, you know, the excerpt are getting everything in-house in order. Um, and when they've got, you know, things like the contracts, then they can go out to conversations and set um, 
their sights on when they're going to announce some sign-ins or announce, you know, some of the local talent that they've got there as well. So, no, I haven't heard anything. I mean, maybe we should give Susie a call and, and see how things are going um, down there. Good idea. Good idea. Um, the only other thing I wanted to just pick up from off the back of that to that chat with Nikki um, was uh, about that protected funding. Um, uh, obviously, she was, she was only able to, to say certain things, but... <clears throat> Uh, the women's game won't suffer, and, and that, that that money is is protected. It won't suffer any greater than any other parts of, of England rugby. It, it's the right news, and that's exactly what should happen. But it's still good news, isn't it, Berth? Yeah, no, it is really good. It shows intent, doesn't it? That they've got a purpose to continue the growth of the women's game, to keep it as strong as what it was. Like Nikki said, everybody's going to struggle on the back of this. Yeah. Um, and it's more about, you know, looking at the opportunities that we could have. You look at 2021, whenever are we ever going to have an Olympic cycle and a World Cup in the same year within, you know, two months of each other. That's a huge opportunity to not only go into those tournaments and showcase the game, but then what we can capitalise on the back of it. Um, so, yeah, like I think it's brilliant that they have, you know, put a statement out there that, you know, the women's game will will be looked after um, and it's not, you know, something to just kind of be crossed off the list because it's at the bottom of the list. And I think that's really a strong message of intent that the women's game is a huge priority um, for the RFU. But we know that it's a huge priority in a lot of countries and I just hope, you know, that they all find the ways as well in order to be able to continue with the development and the growth and the investment that they're putting into their women's programmes. I really do hope, because we don't want to lose that momentum, and if we keep that momentum and go into the year that we've got ahead of us, then, you know, there's a big opportunity on the back of those two tournaments. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more. It's a, it's a time, wasn't it? That, that famous quote from Catherine Granger, our, our GB Olympic rower, um, what, was your, what was your mindset during the race? Just keep rowing. Um, Simple, but 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 very very effective. And it, it seems like that at the moment during during this this unprecedented times, where really just just keep our heads down, just keep rowing because there are some really really exciting things ahead and some really really massive things uh, to look forward to in the women's game. I'm Jess Breach, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Two, uh, two great guests on this week. Very, very different guests. I uh, hope you uh, enjoyed what they had to say as, as much as we did. Uh, coming up next week, try for Bill Beaumont, chairman of World Rugby. Uh, yet to hear back from, from those guys. Uh, yeah, just to hear Bill's plans about uh, the future for the next four years with women's rugby. Obviously, it was about a bit of a key focus of his uh, recent re-election campaign. Danielle Evans as well, uh, Miss GB finest and rugby player. She's got a very interesting story to tell as well. So uh, yes, we're just trying to mix it up a little bit during this uh, lockdown period. Hopefully we're going over to uh, the Australia and the USA in the next few weeks as well. And on Sunday morning, uh, yeah, I think people are particularly enjoying these, uh, the all-time 15s, all-time England 15s. This Sunday's Lion bed treat for you is Jill Burns, the incredible Jill Burns, uh, inspirational figure, England captain, and also a very, very tidy dancer and singer. Uh, check out her socials if you don't know what I mean. 
So yes, do do keep listening, do keep subscribing, do keep sharing. Give us a little rating, only if it's five stars. We've got a few shout-outs to do, though, Berth. Yeah, plenty of people doing some positive things during this uh, lockdown period, raising money. Uh, your old girls, the uh, England Sevens women's side, and the staff are raising money for mind and muscular dystrophy uh, by running one mile every hour for 14 hours today. Um, Meg Jones running around this morning in her budgie smugglers, England, uh, England budgie smugglers. Um, so if you've seen her, you'll, you now know why she's running around uh, in those. But no, some, some great stuff. And are you guys getting to, together later on? Yeah, so Alex Matthews um, has roped in the old girls or past girls, should I say, um, to join everybody at 8 o'clock um, this evening to run the last mile of, of the day. Um, so that's going to be good fun. I'm not sure we're going to be as fast as their miles, but... Although they might be a bit tired by then, so we might um, outdo them on the times. Nice. But they're, uh, they're not the only ones that raise this money. The RAF uh, Police Rugby, the, the Flying Pigs, are doing Round the World in Seven Days pledge, aren't they? And I know you, uh, you as Premier 15 teams have, have got yourselves involved in that one as well. Yes, yeah, so there's been a bit of a challenge, um, I think, because there's an RAF player at each of these clubs, so Gloucester, Lightning, Saris, Wasps and Harlequins, Amy Cocaine leading up Harlequins, and everyone's pledged um, a certain amount of miles to to cover in a seven-day period, um, and that could be walking, running, jogging, um, cycling. So the scores on the doors are, so Gloucester Hartbury have pledged to do 1,000 miles, Lightning have pledged to do 12,000 miles, Saracens have gone 1,700 miles. Wasps are going for 1,000 miles. And drumroll, please, Harlequins are going for 2,000 miles. So pretty pretty impressive numbers for everybody to be hitting. So it's going to be fun getting everybody involved over the next week. <laughs> yeah, I love that. You're trying to beat each other on that front as well. That's hilarious. <laughs> Like, well, we've got to go 2,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got to get competition somewhere against each other, haven't we? Yeah, 100%. But uh, no, well, well done to those clubs. Um, yeah, Was I think, led, led the way yesterday, didn't they? And, and Saris and Gloucester, Hartbury uh, and yourselves at Harlequins. Yes, uh, tip of the hat to, to you all. And speaking of support, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. Um, keep talking to people. Keep reaching out to people. Uh, if you are someone who suffers, please, please talk about it. It's okay to to not be okay. Um, and if you know people who who are possibly slightly vulnerable, ask if they're okay, and then properly ask if they're okay. Yeah, and it's, it's good to remember as well, Johnny. It, it affects everybody, male, female, young, old. So do do check in with people. Absolutely. Um, Let's raise the uh, raise the mood uh, a little bit. We've got some new followers on board. Um, we 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 claim bold claims, didn't we, to, to be a global podcast, and uh, we, we really are. We with Maria Liao in Brazil has started following us. Anna, we spoke to earlier on in Malaysia. Ran Aoki in Japan. Um, so get in touch with us. Um, we're spreading our wings a little bit with uh, with our social media, and thanks to the the, the people doing that for us. Um, but get in touch. Let us know where you're listening from. Uh, one listener who who did get in touch and 
I don't think we've ever done it on the on the pod, Berth. What what's this sort of uh, 36, 36 weeks in? But no, we, we're just going to just uh, butter our own toast as it were, blow a little smoke uh, our own direction. Hi both. I rarely get a chance to go on Twitter, but I've worked it out to say how tremendous I'm fighting your podcast. I do try to keep in touch with the women's game as much as I can, but I'm fighting your podcast so totally brilliant. Reminiscing of old times, but equally then listening to the most recent Quinn's Streety Roll podcast, etc. It is so informative. I've been having a busy lockdown and getting not getting bored, as others seem to be doing. So listening when I can, doing random jobs, that need doing knocking down walls chopping hedges walking my crazy three-year-old thank you for being brilliant as always makes me smile a lot when i've had the odd mention too my lockdown mission is to get through them all keep safe to you all and your families big hugs from the north love from jan man love jan man so those who wouldn't know who jan man was who's jan man Yeah, absolutely. Our handle, as ever, at Pod Women's Rugby on Twitter and on Instagram. Our email address, womensrugbypod at gmail.com. Yeah, thank you, Jamal, for that for that note. Um, yes, we've been bashing these out since September, but uh, receiving notes like that, uh, really, really nice. So much, much appreciated. And yeah, big hugs back from uh, from the south, back up to the back up to the north. Uh, yeah, as we said, hopefully getting Beyond Boyle on, on next week. Danielle Evans as well. But until then, thank you very much to Anna Aziz. Thank you very much to Nikki Ponsford. To as ever, to my pod wife, Rachel Burford. Keep communicating, especially those who might be a little bit vulnerable, especially this week. Well, not especially this week. Do you know what? Every week. Keep communicating. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>